What's up, guys, and welcome back to Paint Bravely, the podcast where you can find a little bit of encouragement, discover new ways to make your hobby more fun, and most importantly, learn to paint bravely. Now, we are finally, finally in 2021, and things are looking up. And uh, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna have some fun. We're going to have some fun today. We're going to talk about some of the stuff we did over the holiday right before 2021. And uh, I suppose I should mention this not technically 2021 as we're recording this, but I feel like it is. I don't know about if, you, Brian. If you hear this audio, it's 2021. <laughs> we made it. Right. We made it. I hope. Anyways, what have you been doing over the, the last couple weeks? Brand, what what did you get in your in your stocking? Well, I am wearing a nice Indian yellow T-shirt. I mm. uh, I love those plain colored T-shirts, and I didn't have any in this color. And some folks who know me well got me uh, got me one of the missing colors from the color wheel here, and it is also the same color as my my lovely Slaves to Darkness Warriors, which are really coming along nicely. And, uh, yeah, one more thing I want to mention, you know, before we, we move into the serious stuff is I posted on Goobertown Cats, the YouTube channel, <laughs> Goobertown Cats has three new videos all from the same day of, you know, the cats kind of being cute on the bed and I turned on a camera cause why not? And edited that up into three little videos. One is a two hour video of just cats sleeping on a bed. But I did put some nice, uh, like, music in the background and stuff. Now, the funny thing is this this Goobertown Cats channel has just been a, a dead channel where I've just been occasionally posting a cat video. And by occasionally, I mean it's been two years since the last time I did this. And so the whole channel had maybe, like, a couple hundred views, but one of these stupid Goobertown Cats videos that I posted actually like got picked up by youtube for a few hours <laughs> so oh no yeah so uh one of the videos was uh i did a hundred times speed of cats sleeping on a bed so it's a couple minute video of just mm -hmm. cats like breathing really fast and occasionally changing positions and that's it and like one song in the background mm-hmm and they go and check the stats and, you know, it's, it's the whole channel is just a flat line of like, maybe somebody clicks every hour on one of the videos on the channel. Right. And then this video all of a sudden is getting like 50 views an hour, which is a <laughs> lot for a dead channel. And yeah. yeah, there was, there was just one night where YouTube was like, you know what? We're going to autoplay this after somebody watches some other cat video. Right. Yeah. And yeah, that like tripled the number of views that that channel got and it's stupid, but it was a fun little uh, Christmas miracle there. Yeah. Over at Google. Yeah, I saw Town that Cats. little chart. It was, it was a nice looking chart of just like flat blue lines and then just massive spike straight up. <laughs> it looked good. That's what you want to see right there. Oh yeah. That's the dream. That's, that's the literal reason we post is to see that spike. <laughs> Well, in this case, I posted because uh, Goobertown Cats is an ongoing joke for me, and mm -hmm. I had to keep the joke alive, you know, I had to keep it going. Oh, yeah. And if you have, like, 100 gigabytes of cat sleeping, you might as well get some use out of it, so. I mean, yeah, if you've got 100 gigs of cats, 
Like, you better be doing something with it. Because that's an absurd amount of, of footage. Is that 10 hours? 100 gigs? Uh, I, I recorded 4K? 4K, so so no, it's like a couple hours. Still is. But Whatever. Yeah, it's not really <laughs> worth it in 4K since it was like kind of out of focus and not lit very well because it's my bed. But uh, it's all right. right. Got to step up that. That's that's the thing, right? You got to you got to up your filmmaking level with these these cats, right? You need to have those lights, auto tracking stuff. Yeah, you you know what? That there it is, right there. You did the motion tracking. You pick your target, and it follows, right? And it keeps it in focus. Hey, I don't need that pointed at my bed. That's that's not something we need. But no, they were being all cute, so I drug over one light and one camera. And set right, that up, right. and this was a month ago, a month or so ago, and I think I just like forgot about them and went off to play Galactic Civilizations three. And mm-hmm. before I even realized that any time had passed, it was two hours later and right. a couple turns into the future, and I was I was like researching some lasers Mark seven or something. But I had acquired a lot of footage <laughs> of cats, and you know, if we're not careful here, this segment is going to turn into the the pool table. Uh, selling buying and selling shenanigans so we got to move away well, from I, I don't know about that. here maybe all, all i'm saying is is go to subscribe yeah that's that's all i'm saying okay i'll take that plug I mean, we'll do that. you're not selling your cats it's not it's not quite the same yeah <laughs> all right so uh give me an update from you casey what's what's been going on <laughs> Um, I took, I took Christmas off. I took the whole week off. I didn't even post a video, which is absurdly weird. I noticed that. How does it feel? Yeah. It feels awful. (laughs) Like it honestly doesn't feel good. (laughs) I don't know. It's, it's a strange thing. Like I have posted a video every single week for almost two years and to not post one was the weirdest thing. I feel like I'm so far behind right now <laughs> that I'm never going to catch up. <laughs> and I don't know why. It makes no sense. Like, it didn't hurt the anything. It's not like anything went away, right? Um, but yeah, I don't know. Just that that habit of doing it all the time. Um, it is a strange thing to just walk away from. Like, I don't know how you do it, Brent. I, I don't know how you do the... Every couple weeks, maybe ish, sort of. <laughs> I'll try and get that out. Like, <laughs> plus a second channel now. Like, you're just you're all over the place, and I, I I don't understand how emotionally you can handle that. But yeah, um, listen. If if you don't hear from Goobertown Hobbies for a little while, you might want to go check Goobertown Cats just in case I've gotten like really distracted by editing cat videos. So yeah, it makes sense. Or if that live stream was left on for. You know, 56 hours or something. and Maybe we should call. See what's going on. <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate yeah. the concern. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's a strange thing. And like, I mean, I, I did enjoy the time, like not having to get up and, you know, immediately start work. Right. Because I've got like a limited amount of time, but it's it's set aside and I get up and I go to work until... You know, I have to stop like I'm forced to stop, Um, you know, time limit wise. I have to do other things at a certain time of day. Right. Um, 
so it was nice to kind of just zone out for a week. Like I played a whole bunch of Gran Turismo Sport because I bought the uh, the super nice like simulator racing wheel, the force feedback. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't had a racing wheel in probably 20 years. And it's just something that I I was feeling real hard and I went for it and I've just been driving cars like nonstop. I'm happy for you. Yeah. yeah, it was it was a good time. I haven't played video games in basically two years, so right, it felt good. Yeah, right. I even got to uh, my my sister just bought like this uh, fancy uh, Mini Cooper that's all kitted out, super nice with a turbo, lots of horsepower. Um, it's got the little paddles for shifting and everything. Mm-hmm. So I got I got to take that out for a little bit, you know, transfer my Gran Turismo to an actual car for like an hour. And that was pretty good because I live in the middle of nowhere. So we just go dirt roads. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I drive a van. Man, that van. I have to do a piece on that van at some point. I mean, it's sweet, but but for different reasons. So I bet the Mini Cooper was fun. Yeah. It was nice to it was nice to to kind of get out and do that. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of like it rained a little bit. So the the ground was nice and soft. Just spinning donuts, going around corners way too fast. Yeah. On dirt roads. Okay, cool. Yeah, on dirt, dirt roads. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a nice break, but very strange at the same time. Just felt <laughs> weird, especially on Sunday. You know, I woke up, it's nine o'clock, and I'm just like, Super anxious for no reason. You know, nothing is happening. Well, I mean, sometimes, you know, progress begets progress. Like once you're in the mode of getting stuff done, like, yeah, you you expect to be constantly sitting down at your hobby desk and stripping and painting something new. Like, and that's Mm -hmm. a good thing to be in that mode. What will be interesting to see is how easily you get back into that. Like, yeah. Well, the weird thing is, um, so today, as we're recording, it's Monday, which is the first day of my week. Um, you know, like most people's, but uh, like, yeah, I didn't do crap for like the first three hours. Like, Ooh. I, I kind of answered some some emails and some comments, and I was like, kind of worried there a little bit. I was thinking, like, <laughs> this is a weird thing, right? <laughs> I'm trying to get back into this. Shouldn't it be difficult. The Goobertown cats. It's going to be two years before your next video. <laughs> right (laughs) well because that that kind of crosses my mind right it's like well i said i'd be gone i didn't say necessarily for how long like i could take another week like no it's a bad idea so i painted uh i i did do like a little palette cleanser kind of thing uh painted up an orc you know for my orc army so not sure what kind of video that's going to be right now but it's at least done like all the, the, the filming and the painting. So it feels good. I feel like I've done something, mm-hmm. but I don't know what that thing is yet. Yeah. I have piles of, of footage of projects that'll probably never actually become videos, but mm-hmm. you never know when you need footage of an orc. That's true. Yeah. Okay, so so Monday is now over, and you're not sure what your video is going to be this week? Is that what I'm hearing? I mean, it'll be about an orc. 
Oh, okay. And, okay. Uh, <laughs> All right. <laughs> I see yeah. how it is. <laughs> uh, by the time this podcast goes up, you'll know what it's about. Uh, Cause the video will have gone up the day before this podcast goes out. Huh. So go ahead, check out the uh, eBay miniature rescues YouTube channel. See how bad I did. <laughs> Just a scramble in the last 45 minutes before you need to upload of trying to make like a stupid skit with your orc and try to come up with an orc voice and everything about. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I went out and bought an ax, like an orky ax thing. Like that made it into a video already. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I had that. Um, you should be able to get more than one use out of that. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, I have huh. to. I paid way too much money for it. So it has to, <laughs> yeah, has to make more appearances. I'm not going to let that go to waste. Um, yeah. Other than that, it was just kind of a quiet, you know, staying at home for the most part, Christmas hanging out yeah okay did you do cool. anything fancy for christmas did you did you go anywhere did you fly somewhere seriously no didn't travel at all um yeah saw saw a few relatives like in driveways and you know had a mm -hmm. had a skype call uh had some some glug glog glog glurg it's a g l not a letter in the english alphabet gg uh so it's a it's a swedish okay. glurg um it's, sure, it's sure, port sure. wine mixed with whiskey mixed with spices and it's uh one of the, okay. the family it's traditions like a... in my family is is that's <laughs> christmas eve a, a swedish scandinavian thing so it's like a like a hot mulled wine with a lot of alcohol content yeah i was i was mulled wine was coming to mind yeah yeah yeah. Uh, it, it, delicious that's uh that's a tradition normally we do uh, a swedish smorgasbord but no smorgasbord mm. this year um mm. just uh, a skype not, call not even some... a little board <laughs> no <laughs> but uh next year we got good feelings about 2021 uh, absolutely that's right mm. so I mean, other other than a a meager Christmas, uh, lots of lots of good stuff going on. Like the last couple of weeks, mm -hmm. I've 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 had a full and and bountiful uh, time of discovery. So first up, mm. uh, I want to point out that I have, well, sorry, I I didn't discover it, but I I discovered a YouTube video that told me another way to replace your FEP film on three D printers. So, okay. The, uh, and oh, I apologize. I'm blanking on it now, but you can search in YouTube and you'll find it. I, I, I am a failure, but anyway, um, we'll, uh, we'll put it is, down in the, in the comments. There you go. The description. That's uh, problem solving. Mm -hmm. So FEP is what fluorinated ethylene propylene or something, but it's something like that. It's, it's a fluorinated polymer. It's essentially Teflon. It's just a material like, you know, the yeah. 3D printers, there's SLA and FEP and there's like a lot of acronyms and fancy sounding technology, but it's, it's remarkably simple, these 3D printers in some ways. And yeah. so FEP just means clear, clear plastic sheet. That's uh, not too sticky. 
And so that's, it's essentially clear Teflon is what it is. It's a, it's a thin film of clear Teflon. And this is on the bottom of your vat of resin and the light shines up through the bottom of the vat and does the polymerization and you get your print. But, uh, this is, this is the part of the printer that most visibly becomes damaged over time. Just a, mm -hmm. a really thin sheet of clear plastic and you get scrapes and scuffs and it discolors a little bit and just eventually mm -hmm. you need to re uh, replace it. And because it is one of the consumables on a printer, you know, the various companies sell replacement FEP sheets and they're moderately expensive and they're a bit mm -hmm. of a pain to replace. But yeah, that's true. You can just go to the hardware store. So, I mean, I go to McMastercar.com, which is in America, at least it's like the online hardware store. And it's, you can just, you can go and search for anything you want from water pumps to you know, washers, the side of your, size of your head to any kind of wire you want to rolls of whatever plastic sheeting you need. And you can buy <laughs> FEP film. So McMaster car, uh, just look up FEP film. I got the stuff that is 0 0.005 inches uh, thick and mm -hmm. you can buy it by the foot. It's still kind of expensive. It's um, by, for a one foot by two foot section, it was $17, which is definitely, which is about the price of what you'd pay Eight. for it for a tiny little section for, from yeah, you a get like 3D printer company. In a pack for that. Yeah. Yeah. Like um, 20 bucks or like 10 bucks each. But yeah, the, the thing that caused me to, to go down this road is I was having problems with my uh, Photon Mono X and because of COVID, they, their supply lines are a bit messed up. And so like I couldn't get a replacement FEP from them, but it's just, it's just a commodity. It's a material. You just buy a piece mm -hmm. of this plastic from anywhere. And anyway, I put it in and then I got like 20 perfect prints in a row and it was just like, I've had the basically the best run of printing I've ever had in terms of every print was coming out right. And it's a, it's a mono printer. So it prints faster. And so just every couple hours I was getting like 18 figures out. Like I, well, this is going to be a whole wow. different thing, but I printed a lot of <laughs> not female Imperial guard. So that'll, that'll be a whole right. other thing. <laughs> um, is the, is it the same thickness as the the ones that they sell? Yeah. Then what could possibly be different? I mean, if it's oversized, are you kind of clamping it in there and then cutting the excess, or are you actually trying to cut that to size? That's what you do. I think that's what you do anyway. I think, like, if you buy a pack of FEP, they're just, you know, a centimeter wider than they need to be on either side. Oh, okay. And and yeah, I haven't actually replaced mine yet. Yeah, and so this was the first time I'd I'd tried a replacement, um, but it worked. You you need to. There's a little bit of a trick in that you need to give it a little bit of slack, um, because mm -hmm. then when you tighten it down, it, it really clamps pull. down a lot and stretches a lot. Yeah. But yeah, I, I got it clamped down in there. It it stretched to be tight and bouncy and and supple it was a very nice uh fresh fep i was very happy with it but 
that's really we cool. can we can move on from this but i just wanted to let people because i don't know exactly how to include this information into a regular video but fep right. is just a commodity not a lot of stores sell them but you can just buy a roll of fep if you want and cut it to size and there you go mm -hmm. yeah i love that like uh I mean, I guess outside the box thinking like it is a material it, it, you can just buy. It's like uh, wet pallets and parchment paper, right? Yeah. Like, you know, all these wet pallet companies sell replacement packs for their their wet pallet paper. Mm -hmm. It's like it's all garbage. It's garbage paper. It's like parchment paper, people. Works. Yeah, I don't know. I like that. I like that solution type of thing. Yeah, that's really cool. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to pick up some and uh, try that out because, yeah, I, I have a feeling that mine are on the edge. You know, I've had a few failed prints where you got to put your finger on the bottom of it to push up that that resin that's cured in a kind of flat spot yeah. on the bottom of that FEP. So, yeah, I feel it. It's not as tight as it used to be. And uh, it's probably the reason why I've had a few failed prints. Yeah. You know, trying to print, especially large things. It's not quite sticking. So yeah. Yeah. yeah the one I was uh, replacing, I, I had damaged it enough that like the center of the, the print sheet just was not working at all. Anything I tried hmm. to build in the center of the plate was just an automatic failure that I'd have to pry off the already damaged FEP wow. sheet. Um, okay. and so for like a couple of prints, I was, you know, going through the hassle of, you know, building my models only on the outer two thirds and, <laughs> right. and I was just like, no, this is ridiculous <laughs> order from the hardware store, get this squared away. So that is, that is an option if your printer's out there. Um, but, uh, what do you got to tell us about, uh, painting? Change the topic here. Get out of get out of printing. What do you got for, for painting? <laughs> well, in fact, I've been painting a whole bunch of 3D printed bases. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been working on this corn army like a bunch. Um, you know, and that's why I was talking about that like palette cleanser with that orc. Because I just wanted to paint something quick, get it out, you know, get back into the swing of things making videos. But uh I, I print out a ton of ton of bases. Um and I've just been kind of batch painting all these up for the corn army. And like, they look, mm, they look so good. So excited about this army. <laughs> so if you so, have a lot of bases, are you, do you stick them down to like a cookie sheet or, or are they just loose and, and floating around? What's your strategy? Um, so I have, I have, now this is an interesting kind of thing. I have a prime box and I've had it for a long time. It's like four years now ongoing and it's, it's a literal Amazon prime box, but it's also my prime box. If you get uh, what I'm saying. Right. Uh -huh. So I thought that was funny. So no, I, gotcha. I, I just kept, kept going there. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been, I've been using it to prime for a long time and it's like got those like gnarly beads of paint. That's just built up layers and layers. It's just caked. Yes. I don't know. It's it's kind of a cool like piece of art all on its own. It's just this box that's been just destroyed with paint. Um, but yeah, I can fit a lot of stuff on that. So I'll do bases like that and then prime them black. Um, 
And then I came back with the airbrush and threw on some color. And then uh, mostly I'm using uh, dried pigments. So are they... So, are you taping them inside the uh, once cardboard box or are you just letting them float around in there or what? Float. Yeah. Yeah. They're actually on top of the box. It's not even an open box. Okay. okay. Uh, it's pretty thin. So I'll have, to, I'll have to grab it and like point it at the camera at some point. It's close. Oh, it's like 10 feet away from I'll get it in a little bit. Um, yeah. That way you can see what I mean. But uh, yeah, I don't know if you, if you, Paint from a uh, like a proper distance, I suppose, using spray paint primers. Uh, the models don't tend to move, even bases, and resin's pretty heavy. So, yeah. yeah, not not too many problems. Although I accidentally grabbed a can of semi gloss black primer, Ooh. like totally didn't mean to, and I've had to like fight that on the the ones I've been doing so far. So <laughs> that kind of sucks. Try not to do that if you're gonna paint anything with spray paint i like don't ever use semi-gloss <laughs> it's the worst because <laughs> it's it's like the glossiest semi-gloss you'll ever put on a miniature like it's not the same thing as you know like semi-gloss uh you know acrylic paints or like the, the actual varnish that we'd put over it like you need a lot of matte varnish to matte that down <laughs> so yeah i've been doing that a lot um Kind of like I'm trying to make I'm trying to get the army done and I'm trying to paint it kind of in order of the, the troops that I have while also trying not to make each one boring and necessarily like part of a series. Because, you know, when you do series videos on YouTube, it's like part one, part two. It's like this diminishing returns as you go down the line. Sure. And I've always had that problem with those types of videos. So trying to frame each one it's like i painted this thing and then i painted this thing and it's like but it's the same it's just a continuation yeah of the same army so like i'm trying to not make it boring because it's like the same colors too right. um i like i feel like it's gone well so far and i think probably pushing it a little um at this point or i am <laughs> pushing it a little but uh i, I think one more video of the the corn army just finishing everything um that's kind of my goal for next week yeah yeah that's cool i mean i'm uh, I'm sort of dealing with the same thing i i really am trying to get this yellowy orange slaves to darkness chaos army done but there's the question of uh, <laughs> how many videos do yeah. i make of that along the way and so the day we're recording this, I released one of an ogroid and a fomeroid that are, you know, part of that series, but at least one of them has blue skin and one has purple skin. So they're a little bit different. Right. So it's not just that, that same yellow orange. And, uh, you know, later on, I'll probably make a video with the, the like bigger flying monsters and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I totally hear you. If you're just painting a hundred bloodthirsters, well, you can make a, a video about your hundred bloodthirsters. I'm sorry. I don't know the names for the, uh, corn blood demons, but they're it's blood something and they're all the same. Okay. So I don't worry about it. I've already, I said bloodthirsters in the blood letters video in the intro and, and only one comment about it, but I did say it like in an actual video where it was scripted. Like I know what they're called and I wrote it down. <laughs> And I still messed it up. Which so, don't beat yourself up. <laughs> which army do you think people are the most particular about? Like, you know, 
orc mm. people have a reputation, and I think I think corn uh, sure. people have a reputation too. I'm wondering, like, which which stupid huh. naming mistake? Which fans would be most angry at you? Maybe you already know the answer. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I probably get the most comments about orcs because either there's there's not enough DACA. That's always one. Okay. Um, yeah. I I didn't say the orc boys enough or some such iteration or whatever the case is, you know, for orcs, there's a lot. Um, like I, I was just going through the, uh, the orc codex today, trying to figure out how to position this, this model that I painted. Cause it's an old model. It's a named unit that doesn't exist anymore. Um, unfortunately it didn't work out how I was planning. So I'm a little sad about that, but like the names are incredibly like ridiculous, which I love. But yeah, I think that orc players are probably pretty particular about that. Yeah. So I don't know, like corn. Yeah, the corn players. Nobody's I been can imagine, overly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine some fairly chilled back guys who are just like, yeah, he's got blood in it. He knows what he's talking about. Right. That that's the biggest thing. Like blood for the blood god. If yeah. it's if it looks, you know, cornish. It's red. Demony. He said the word blood. Yeah. He's still painting with red. Yeah, yeah. He's still painting with red. He's going to get a lot of leeway <laughs> exactly. out of that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that I'm doing okay on that front. Um, Nurgle never had a problem with Nurgle. I think pretty much anything goes in Nurgle. You, you say whatever you want. Um, yeah, because I've straight up messed up names in titles of videos for Nurgle and nobody cared. So seems fine <laughs> um yeah i can't think of any other ones that are are particularly tough like naming wise right um okay maybe okay gets like uh bloom spy gets maybe a little bit man i i actually don't know enough about the the elven fandom like i, I i'm just wondering right. if like the the Lumineth people, like if you start mispronouncing words, I say I haven't painted uh, any elves in a long time, so I don't know. Let me let me let this mm -hmm. cat in. <laughs> let this cat in. All right, now is our and and I know Brent's probably gonna come back again and listen to this because yeah, I called him out on that documentary thing last week, so we want to keep that rolling. He's coming back quick, so I don't know what to say. Pick something, comment. Anyways, um, so. Yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, I think maybe some of the old stuff I've heard people kind of uh, not give me crap about, but, you know, mention something like, oh, that's that's a, a Phoenix guard, not a whatever serpent guard. You know what I mean? Like, that's I don't know I'm the specifics about. of those. That's but what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. The Lumineth people, I think that's they're too new. The, the too Realm new. Lords are just yeah. too new. Yeah. Um, uh Caradron overlords, like I've said the word Caradron like twenty different ways. Caradron, and uh, right, and I, I, I'm pretty sure it's actually Caradron. I'm pretty sure that's the actual pronunciation. I, I could be wrong, but like for the most part, None nobody's of these really were said actual about things that. until about two and a half years ago. <laughs> so you're fine, Casey. Like, I know that's that's yeah. really the thing, right? Like, so okay, in in that case, with that amount of evidence, we have the further something goes back, the more 
particular, we'll say people are. Hmm. Yeah. I'd buy that. I'd buy that. So yeah, I mean, orcs go back. So you're you're getting there on the on the corn uh, chaos guys though, huh? Yeah, um, I've got most of the blood letters <laughs> painted. Right, right. Um, I've got one more bloodthirster who's in real real bad shape, um, and then uh, a handful of the blood crushers. That need to be dealt with. Right? I don't know. Uh, just so we're clear, audience, I have no idea what any of these are. I could not tell you the difference between a blood crusher, a blood letter, and a bloodthirster. So, all right. So a blood. No, I don't care either. Letter is a, is a dude. It's just a dude, right? It's a demon. He's got a gnarly sword, and he's kind of demony faced, right? And that's that's normal. That's the thing. A blood crusher is the same thing, but he's riding. A metal pig. Okay. What's that pig called? It's a blood crusher. Right? Okay. But it's the same guy, same same model, the blood letter, but he's riding a metallic pig, and mm-hmm. therefore is a blood crusher. A blood thirster is a greater demon of corn that thirsts for the blood. So he's bigger, right? It's a big demon. Still in the same vein, but just bigger. That's pretty much it. That's that's really it. All right. I'm going to ask you later in the episode. We'll see if you give me the same answer or not. I'm not actually. I don't care. I really don't care. No, I don't. Um, let's see here. <laughs> so, for the blood. Got it. Got it. Got it. Nailed it. Uh, would be cool to see a, a documentary about you making this army, though, right? Yes, it would, actually. I mean, technically, if you just put all three of the videos together, it's, it's close enough. <laughs> Close enough. Nah. Yeah. I I mean, if honestly, actually, you know what? That that might be the thing, right? Um, to take, say, all of the the progress that you've made on your slaves of darkness. Um, cut out most of the talking head stuff, all of the B roll, all the time lapses, you know, and make a legit like half hour, forty five minute. Like, this is how I did everything from A to B. This is how long it took for real to make a legitimate documentary about it. I will try. I will try. <laughs> like this is sweet. this is going to be a big long project and yeah, I'll definitely have a I'll definitely have like an end wrap up video with all the time lapses and everything, but uh mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know if I can do all the editing required to make a sweet uh, documentary. I mean, I but, help you. I'll okay. Help you. Okay. We'll we'll I'll, talk I'll then because I'm you. gonna have hundreds of gigabytes in that folder, and I will want to oh, put absolutely. it to use. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean, we could we could even like, oh, like we do some interviews. Like people, like you know, I it was uh, it was June twelfth. I remember the day, sitting around. I saw I saw that pink go down on those slaves of darkness, and I was like, Brent, I don't know what you're thinking. <laughs> and then it and then it worked out. I was amazed. You know what I mean? Make it was just like short interviews. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then, and then we'll, uh, we'll put it out in high quality. You know, you got the 4k going, we'll, we'll print some Blu-rays. Yeah. It'd be perfect. Wonderful. So yeah. I, I did actually want to talk about, uh, documentaries done by people who actually know how to make them. Uh, mm. not that we're incompetent and everything, but these people, these people Not know everything. what we're doing. So, uh, 
yeah. there are now like two pretty real documentaries about our hobby. And so we yes. talked about one last time and mm-hmm. that one was the uh, miniature wargaming the movie. And mm-hmm. so that one is is still for sale over on Amazon uh, if you're American and for UK I think it'll be for sale next year apparently. Oh really? That's yeah, so uh and and on that topic go check out Shrine to Chaos. Uh Dave had an interview with basically everybody who was in that film. Uh mm-hmm. for, he had one episode of his podcast where on like a a Zoom call or something he had the director he had the four kind of main characters that were followed around for the documentary. He had Rick Priestley. Um, he had a, a, another guy who'd written a, a, an important book on on miniature wargaming, and like <laughs> that was a good podcast episode. And mm-hmm. it was it was actually really interesting to catch up with those characters from the film. Uh, I think like a couple of years after filming stopped on on that one. Yeah. So last time I was, I was kind of given my review of of that doc, and I was saying like the the ending for the stories for for the four characters was like a little bit of a downer. They just went to conventions, and the conventions were weren't that cool, basically. Right. Uh, and and there were like lots of shots of like raining Britain. Uh, and so by the end, like I was actually like a little bit like concerned for the well-being of some of the people in that film. So it was mm-hmm. really good to get an interview with them all like a couple of years later. Seems like they're all doing well. They're all in high spirits. So, you know, everyone made it out OK and it's still enjoying the hobby. So good. <laughs> um, That's awesome. Yeah, but, I still don't watch that. Yeah, but it, uh, again, that was like a professionally made and you you giving me crap about it now, but documentary, do, documentary, documentary. I didn't say anything. I didn't say a, a thing. <laughs> I heard that last time I went to go let Gordon into the room. You said something. <laughs> I may have said okay more than a few things. I may have said something when you got up just a minute ago. Who knows? Who knows? I certainly don't. <laughs> no, <laughs> Brent doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> There you go. Just picking up cats, putting them in the Indominus boxes, hitting the microphone. Every time. So there is another documentary that I watched that you apparently didn't yet. Uh, That's on YouTube, free of charge. It's been out for like a week now. You could have watched it. Um, And this is, let's see, paint and plastic. I didn't like a poor... And the poor move for searchability, it's paint ampersand plastic. Uh, oh, okay, sure. Paint ampersand plastic, a mini documentary. And that's on, did I write it down here? Tin Toy, toy Tin Soldiers. Did, hold on, let me scroll down. Oh, I didn't write down the, the channel. Didn't write it down. <laughs> uh, Matt is going to bail me out and probably make fun this of me so and whatever bro. text scrolls across the video. Rent, you had two weeks. To come up with an answer for this question. <laughs> Dear Casey, you didn't even watch it yet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, you got me there. 
Uh, okay, you, you go to YouTube, you search uh, Paint and Plastic, a mini documentary, and mm -hmm. look, if you get a channel that's like Tin Soldier, Tiny Tin Soldier, Tiny... That sounds right. Yeah, it sounds, it sounds real good. I mean, you could have just made that up, and I might have just said that anyway. But so. you'll, anyway, you'll know you have the right video if it's a half-hour video that's very professionally made, and it's essentially... A lot of interviews with painters in South Africa is my understanding, and yeah. it's very well done, and it's folks like us who paint either for a hobby or for a living, and talking about, you know, kind of uh, increasing awareness of this hobby and increasing awareness of this as, like, an art form, and mm -hmm. I, I thought it was really interesting. It started off by each of the characters kind of saying how their conversation with a uh, a normie usually goes when they <laughs> mention this hobby. That's you go, great. oh, what do you like to do? Yeah, I, I paint miniatures. And, that, and the like the, the classic response to what do you like to do? I paint miniatures is, oh, yeah, that's nice. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah. What's, what's that? That's pretty average. What's that? Oh, I, I I paint these little you know toy soldiers and wizards. Oh yeah, that's nice. That's that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Um. And you know, to the extent that you can get a normie to to listen to you talk about the hobby at all, I think that is a fairly typical response of just like hey, you paint mm -hmm. toys. All right, that's that's nice. And so uh, a lot of the angle of this doc was exploring that and how this is a hobby or how this is an art form. It's a hobby. It's an art right. form and kind of going into also, you know, what it does for, for our mental well-being to be sitting there and having all of your attention absorbed into, you know, this little figure right in front of you and trying to get the lighting right and the, the expression. And, um, but I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that half hour. It's on YouTube. If you're watching this, you know, we could mm -hmm. probably put a link, you know? Yeah, I'd say I'd say that's a really good idea. That's a really we'll good put idea. A link in the description below. Yeah. And and uh, uh yeah, yeah. It is in fact Tin Toy Productions. There and you the go. uh yeah I knew it. Tin Toy Productions. And the the specific video is Paint and Plastic, a mini documentary. Paint ampersand plastic, a mini documentary. In brackets. Yeah, in brackets. Yeah. Yeah. And it is, in fact, 29 minutes and 15 seconds long. Nailed it. Yeah. Sweet. So uh, I I enjoyed watching both of these docs. Uh, I know you haven't seen either of them yet, Casey. Uh, but... That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> I but but I got to believe with all this time off that you've given yourself that, you know, I was going to have racing drive. cars. Okay, now yeah. now we've been over this. Okay, <laughs> um, no, for real though, I think it's awesome that like real filmmakers are taking a stab mm -hmm. at this topic, and it it was thoroughly enjoyable for me to watch both of those. I am so glad they exist, and I hope uh, folks keep working on projects like this. This is great. Yeah. Well, like we said last time, you know, the more eyes that we get on this hobby, the more awareness that people have you know, of, of what it takes to 
I mean, even even just at a at a like a fairly low level, right? At the beginning level, it's it's a difficult hobby, you know. Um, it just takes time to to learn and all that stuff. So, yeah, like any any kind of movie or whatever it is that brings attention to that is is all right with me. Yeah. Man, I was I was so happy in Oh man, I'm blanking on the name of the TV show, Stranger Things, when they just opened the entire show with kids playing D D on a map with figurines and like the the crux of the whole story is they're worried about the the demigorgon, which they set up as being a, <laughs> a scary mini in the in you know the foreshadowing shot in the very beginning of the, the first episode. Yes. That was great. That's true, and I think that that type of thing is becoming more common. I mean, you, you go back and watch E.T., right? Which is what they were riffing on for that. They're literally playing D&D when they order the pizza. Were they? I, I, yeah. It's been so long since I've seen E.T., I did not pick up on that. Huh. Yeah, yeah. I know, I didn't realize that um, sort of until after watching... Stranger Things, and then they kind of talked about the references that they're going for, you know, the uh-huh. nostalgia hits, right? Um, but then E.T. just happened to to come up on uh, Netflix. And, you know, having a, a young child, I thought, why don't we try it and see what happens? And he actually happened to really like E.T. We watched it like 40 times. So, super weird for a three-year-old. Yeah, there was... There was a show on Netflix. It's a, a year or two old now about Ted Kaczynski. It's like a mini series. It's like eight episodes. It's a it's a drama, but it's about the like FBI agents who figured out where Ted mm-hmm. Kaczynski was living and, and eventually apprehended him. But there's a couple of scenes in that show where like the children of the FBI agent are just like making a huge mess on the kitchen table playing Warhammer. Really. And, no way. <laughs> and there's and there's like a scene where like daddy's coming home, like get that tabletop RPG game off of the kitchen table. <laughs> so good. I was just like, yes, yeah, so like I like freeze framed and like you know, zoomed yeah. in, enhance, enhance. Like I'm pretty sure those are Bretonians. Like <laughs> Right. <laughs> well, okay, uh The Last of Us Two that just came out not that long ago, right? Um, tons of Warhammer references in that game all throughout. Really? Like their airbrush stations that are all, you know, it's post-apocalyptic or whatever. They're all run down, you know, compressor, like an average compressor laying out on the table on a hobby desk, you know, a nice like level three hobby desk oh, yeah. in that game. Um, there are actual space Marines that, you know, if I'm sure Games Workshop probably won't care, but, you know, they're obvious space Marines um, on a table, like in a few different places in that game. Yeah. So you can get those screenshots. You can find them all over. They were they were making the rounds in the Facebook groups when that game came out for sure. Yeah, I missed it. It's good stuff though. Yeah, yeah. I still haven't actually played that game. But like I said, I haven't really played video games for a few years now. So understandable. Yeah, I haven't yeah. gotten through oh. one yet. I haven't started one yet. I don't own one. <laughs> I mean, you are picking up games that are like two hundred hour long type of games, or that never end. Like yeah. actually have no end, so I get it. That's all right. 
Okay, what uh, what else have you been up to, Casey? I, I've still got more. Like it's been a busy two weeks. I've still yeah, got more right? stuff. You got well, you got I stuff. Mean, it's your turn. Christmas. Um, I suppose it's kind of a funny way to tell a story about a Christmas gift. Well, you'll be the judge of that. But um, so like I usually put together like an Amazon wish list for Christmas, right? And it, I put hundreds and hundreds of things. It's just like my normal list to pull from whenever I need to go back to find something. But I, it doubles as a, a Christmas list or a birthday or whatever, because people just go on there and it's like, yeah, like they'll pick something out that I like and I'll not even have remembered that I put it on the list. So it's all the same. Um, mm. But I put on because uh, I asked you what, a couple months ago, like, what arm are you using to hold your camera from your rig? Right. Uh, and then the ball head that you are also using to mount your camera to with the hot uh you know whatever shoe shoe yeah, yeah yeah um but yeah like all of these different things and i i ended up getting like a series of gifts kind of back to back that were like the interlinking pieces to build this rig <laughs> it was just kind of funny cuz as i was opening them it was like ooh and i would attach the next piece <laughs> and then oh thank you and attach the next piece and it ended up being this monstrous arm that is now hanging from my ceiling behind me that holds a camera and it's like awesome. that was the it was like it ended up being like one gift in total but in like five different packages oh that's like <laughs> so, what you're doing you you're painting one army but you're making like five different videos about it right yeah yeah it's a good way to look at it yeah but yeah. i i think that they were uh at least my family was a little bit confused it's like i'm just putting it all together and it's like i got this for christmas <laughs> like this one thing <laughs> like yeah it's an arm that holds a camera oh, hanging from I a ceiling you. they weren't <laughs> right? they thought you they got you five gifts but it was really one yes. awesome gift it was like one awesome gift that all went together it's like okay. it's like if uh you bought a transformer piece by piece and then they didn't realize that's what it was you put it all together and you're like look a transformer oh <laughs> so really it was gotcha. pretty awesome i was i was very happy about it and i am i've been using that rig i have this sweet i'll have to throw up a picture i just took a picture uh to post on social media but uh really sweet rig that is right up behind me here that holds a nice big ring light that's adjustable it can go up to the ceiling and down on like a telescoping pole and then the actual camera rig, the nice thing, it's an arm that goes directly in the middle of that ring light. And I can adjust the camera from there. So it's like in the perfect spot every time, telescopes up to the ceiling. It's got power up from the ceiling. It runs down. Like no cords, nothing. I could just hit record and go. So I finally like figured out that system. Living the I dream, think. my friend. <laughs> yeah. Like, I feel real good about it. <laughs> Casey with the um, level six hobby desk over here. I mean, it it is overkill at this point. So, Ooh, so yeah. good. So good. I feel good. I feel good about it. I have a bunch of shadow boxes on my walls that have miniatures mm -hmm. inside them closing. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. It's a good space. Also, my, uh, my sister got me a really nice print. Um, of an orc somebody had painted um and i wish i could remember the name of the person 
but I can't. It's okay. Um, Matt knows the name. <laughs> I wish he did. Yeah, Matt, we're going to need you to do like a voiceover for most of this podcast. That's probably a good call. Say nothing right now if you agree. Either way, he'll have said something. I don't know. I don't know. He he seems, has the final say on all of this, so we really we we can't give him orders. Like he'll just embarrass us. That's true. He'll find ways. <laughs> well, I can. Yeah, I don't have the print even close to me. I'm really not prepared for this episode for no reason at all. You don't have to tell people that. Uh, well, I mean more in that, like, I didn't realize I was going to be talking about all these things that would obviously have been nice uh, to be like, and oh, look, look I at see. this. Joking, not prepared. Okay, I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're always prepared for this podcast. Of course okay. we are. We I've are got, professionals. I've got an actual topic. I'm going to save us right Sweet. now, Casey. Okay. So save us. I thought we were I've been working right on now. my... Yeah, right. we're going to save us, right? <laughs> I'm trying to save us, but there's a cat trying to use the litter box, so... You need to save us while this cat does its business because there's going to be a lot of scratching for a moment. And uh... I mean, I I I feel like it's fine. This happened last time you mentioned it, and then it was like an awkward thing that now I'm trying to listen to see if it's cutting through. That's really ruining this this whole thing. I'm not ruining this podcast at all. Okay. <laughs> Look, I went before the podcast, but Gordon did not. So. That's what we're dealing with here. No, that makes sense. Yeah. They got the run of the place. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm ready to save the podcast now. Okay. I'm ready. I'm ready. I got a topic. Okay. So I've been working on my chaos army and Mm -hmm. they, they came out with that new start collecting box. That is 10 monopose warriors, 10 monopose knights and a monopose chaos Lord on Karkadrak. And they are beautiful models, and Mm -hmm. they're awesome enough that you would love to have more than 10 of those uh, warriors in the army and more than five of those knights. So I have been in the process of trying to do lazy conversions to make those monopose models not look like an exact duplicate Mm -hmm. of something else in the army. And so when you say lazy conversion, why don't you break that down a little bit? What's the difference between a lazy conversion and a regular conversion? Well, I I have all these like images in my mind of pictures I've seen on Reddit of like green stuff conversions that are just half green stuff and half original plastic. Mm -hmm. By lazy conversions, I mean no green stuff making like a minimum number of cuts and regluings in in the model. Mm -hmm. And so... These these models, uh, so they're like sword and shield or or maul and shield. And some of them, you can replace the shield arm. So mm. I think in this set of 10, there were six that you could trade shield arms. And it's not a perfect fit. Like some of these models are three or four pieces. Some of them are six or seven pieces for just an yeah. infantry unit. Yeah. yeah. And they all go together differently, but six of them at least have a piece that is a like left elbow that connects to a shield, sort of. And like the joint's a little bit different on each of them, but with enough plastic glue, you can you can make a swamp. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) with enough plastic glue, you can melt that line away. 
Right, and it, and it can yeah. still mostly look like he has an elbow, and that his left arm is the correct length. And right. at the I mean, right shields end, are yeah. forgiving for that reason. They, like you they can do basically cut half their yeah. arm off. Yeah, I love shields yeah. for that. So, so my first step on this is like six of the models. I was able to just swap the shields all around, so mm-hmm. they're still holding the shield in like the same place, but at least the design on the front of the shield is different. So. You know, some of them have the big chaos star and some of them have mm-hmm. or like a face glued to their shield and whatever. They got different chaos designs on the front of their shield. So I was able to swap yeah. a bunch of those. And these models are <laughs> nice, I guess, in that they do have like the normal head cavity on the neck, like the right, normal yeah. kind of like ball joint head socket. Mm-hmm. So there's that at least. So then the next step is to go through the heads collection and you know, I did a bunch of swapping with the knights and just, just make sure that like the the matchy matchy for my original set of warriors did not have the exact same head. So right. uh it was, was able to get several new heads into the collection from other other kits and mm-hmm. also just made sure that I was uh rotating them through if I was using some of the same heads. Mm-hmm. Okay, and those two things, the heads and the shields, does not make as much difference as you would want it to. Like if you right, it it, it turns out that it's really the like the silhouette of the model that makes mm-hmm. the biggest difference, and so a lot of that is the weapon and the pose of the weapon arm. Yeah. yeah so you know, changing to big horns on the helmet versus no horns on the helmet like that that does help that that helps but yeah the overall aesthetic yeah yeah the the design on the shield uh my my conclusion is that makes almost no difference in whether you can recognize it as as the same model or not so in my second set of 10 chaos warriors here i'm you know, I, I left the first set exactly as it was, exactly as the instructions told me to build those models. But it's the second set of 10 here that I'm having a lot of fun with the conversions on. Now, what's made a lot of difference is the weapon arm. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's pretty easy to cut, like, uh, an axe halfway up of the haft and replace that axe head with a mace. Sure. Um or if you cut the the axe haft way down near the the hand, it's pretty easy to put a sword on there. Like the sure. the actual pommel of an axe looks ex- exactly the same as the pommel of a sword or mace or whatever. Yeah, um, it, it's just the cross guard that's different. Like you don't have an axe that has a a cross guard you know, right. above the hand, but that would be strange. But the what I found. And, you know, anyone who does conversions knows this already, but the thing that makes a huge difference is making a slice at the wrist and turning the the angle of the weapon. Yes. And that I, I found that makes all the difference in really making these look like different figures. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will I will uh, make sure that we include a few of these pictures because it's, uh, there's a couple that yeah. I'm really proud of here that... Uh, Arguably, I made a better figure than than what the folks <laughs> at GW came up with. There's a couple that look really good. Um, so the just the problem with these monopose figures is that a lot of them are really in action poses, 
and yeah. like really <clears throat> distinctive action poses. And mm -hmm. if there's two of them doing exactly the same thing, you know, frozen at that same moment in time when they're swinging an axe in a certain way, it looks weird. But yeah, a little snips, couple couple glues. Yeah, I mean, I've seen the the update photos, and I really like the way that they look because they look like I don't want to say like more dynamic, but maybe because they're so different from the other ones or different enough, I guess. Um, it it definitely makes a difference when you put them all next to each other. They don't look the same, which is really cool. And I love doing conversions like that, where it is an easy kind of thing. It's like a couple of snips, like you don't even have to file anything down. It's like clean. As long as it's a clean cut, it's going to go back together clean. And you put that primer over it and all of a sudden it's a whole new model, right? Um, yeah, so, it's, it's nice. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've been getting comments on various YouTube videos saying like, can you do a video on conversions? And I, I don't know enough about it to really make a video on conversions, but I'm learning and I'm having a lot of fun with this. Like kind of a yeah. rose by necessity because I've got this second set of 10 warriors. I don't want them to look identical to the first set of 10 warriors. Right. <laughs> so I've got to, I've got to make them different somehow, but having a lot of fun is, is like a really creative thing. So uh, one tip that I will give is... Uh, I've got two sets of clippers here, and one of them is from Redgrass Games. They're just very small, very sharp, and have like a very narrow uh, actual cutting surface. Uh, very right. They actually don't work for desprewing things very well because they're so small, mm. um, but they're sharp enough that they're great for just cutting through a wrist and leaving like two flat edges. And so that's nice. Yeah. Yeah, so um, it's like an expensive pair of clippers, and I find that you know, they don't have like the the length to really get into the sprue, like the you know a sheet of sprue very right. well, and cut all the places you want. They're also kind of small; they like kind of fall out of my hands. But um, I found that they're like just a really sharp pair of clippers, mm -hmm. and so they're perfect for just like I need a flat cut on this wrist that doesn't destroy the plastic on either side of it. Yeah. And that's been working well. Um, I assume like a really sharp exacto blade is another possibility, but this is nice. That, that does work. Clip, clip. Yeah. 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 Like in in my experience with uh converting, like the exacto blade has come in handy for the most part because it is so thin that you're not pushing plastic out of the way so much. Like with the the sprue cutters like that, although those sound like they're much better than the average yeah, screw cutters. Um, but you can actually get, uh, and I think Exacto even sells kits that are like little mini saws, mm -hmm. and but they're actually like kits that that a lot of people who do a lot of conversions use, uh, because it does clean cut those things. Like there's almost it's a very minimal loss of actual plastic in between. Um, I don't have any of that stuff. I just do what you're doing. Basically, is like snip as best I can, as clean as I can and hope for the best plastic glue generally will cover up any major issues. Right. Um, yeah. Otherwise like some milliput or some, you know, gap filling medium, whatever you have, like it'll do the job. Right. Um, but yeah, the cleaner you can get those cuts, 
you know, especially on a wrist. Like, yeah, it's nice yeah. when it's like a nice sheer cut. You just twist the wrist just a little bit. Yes. It's a good Ooh. feeling. <laughs> Cause it, it totally changes the profile. It changes like what action it looks like they're doing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's one in particular that I'll show right here that's it, it it changes it from looking like he's swinging down to swinging up, and it's it, like it totally right, changes yeah. the action that the figure is doing, and definitely makes him look like a a whole different character. Mm-hmm. And um, like I said, I'm I'm newer to conversions, and these are very simple what I'm doing, but it's pretty clear that GW is done with the design philosophy of legs, torsos, arms, and heads. Yeah. And so they're, they are way down the chain of monopose models. Well, I mean, to be fair though, like the 10 slaves to darkness models look better than any other slaves to darkness model that have ever come out. Right. So and, I totally get why they're doing it, you know. Right. No. Fair enough. But uh, as as hobbyists, we must now learn to do some conversions, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm excited about it though. Uh, and there's yeah. there's other things like if if a model has something really distinctive on them, I cut it off. So there was one model that's carrying around a a head by the hair. Right. Yeah. Like the the second guy, uh, I turned him into my my horn blower. Like, okay, he's, oh, he's holding something, but we'll we'll cut the head off. And then, you know, from the old Chaos Warrior kid, I was able to put a horn in there. Very nice, yeah. yeah. I like but there's, that. Yeah, the, I mean, these newer kits do not have any options other than you can switch the heads around, you know. Pretty much, yeah. Like, um, here's your, your one option. Yeah, it's that you're flipping through the book, right, that's telling you what pieces to put where. And right. you have that interchangeable part here. It's like you get one of those every so many pages now, not yeah. every page. <laughs> it used to yeah. be like, we gave you legs and arms and torsos and heads. Just go to town. Do whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a little bit of a bummer, but I get it. But yeah, I, so I have this newest generation of of knights and warriors here and the one older generation. And like mm-hmm. the one older generation there's like two wrist sockets and you can put whatever you want in their left and right hand, but right. they're still like they're just standing, standing up, holding them <laughs> like their wrists yeah. at like, you know, belly button level and just like, yep. You get to decide like the angle of their hands and what's in each hand. And so there's, yeah. there's some advantages there. You can decide whether or not they have shields. That's kind of cool. But yeah, I mean, that was back in the, the rank and file days where mm. they had to fit on a 25 mil square base right next to each other. No movement. The capes were all straight down. Yep. Um, and realistically, especially for Slaves of Darkness stuff, it was like if you paint them like what? Pink? Then they're Slanesh Slaves to Darkness. You paint them green? They're Nurgle Slaves to Darkness, you know, and you can use those as troop choices. So they, I think we've come a long way. You know, it's like monopose, yeah. monocolor almost, you know, especially for the troop troops like that. Um, the, the only thing that really bothers me about some of the newer monopose stuff, um, and I suppose that it really only applies to some of them, are capes. Because when a cape is flowing a certain way, and if you look at even your Slaves to Darkness, like they have capes, right? Mm-hmm. that dictates how much of a conversion and what kind you can actually do. 
because if you all of a sudden change the directionality, well, then half your model looks like it's going the wrong direction, right? Sure. Um, Stormcast, I think, are probably the the biggest offenders for this um, because their capes are all over the place, flowy, you know, and they're usually like, it's it's strong. The wind is strong with them, you know, like their capes are like 90 degrees from the ground because there's a lot of wind or something storminess. But uh, yeah, that does limit the possibilities a little bit. And I think they look cooler as is, but um, yeah, you're, you're limited a little bit and that's kind of a bummer because you'd think that you could do a lot more with some of those, but you know, like that female storm cast that um, we both like a lot. It's like, that's kind of its own one thing. Not much else you can do with that. Yeah, she's got like the, does she have a mall across her shoulder? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a divot in the shoulder. You you can, I've seen that. I've seen people do that. But I mean, even the handle, it's like there's a divot in the shoulder where the handle rests. Oh, yeah. So, you know, there are issues. And then the cape is going in one direction. So whatever weapon you have, it's not like you can necessarily point that in some other direction. It just introduces more issues like the more cape the more issues right yeah some of the (laughs) in some ways like simple conversions are the only conversions you can do on these like yeah there is no medium conversion i guess there's uh you can right you can't just cut them in half like the (laughs) the top half and the bottom half (laughs) doesn't work (laughs) yeah you know there's a lot of kits from 10 years ago that you could do a ton of mixing and matching between kits. And I am doing that with, you know, these knights and warriors, but all of those mixing and matching involve like cutting a weapon in half and, and trying to glue it, you know, together again, the right way. And, um, but I am having fun. Like I haven't done a lot of conversion in the last few years and I mean, it's a lot of fun if you're like, oh, this piece looks really good here. Oh, like I can turn this axe into this guy is now holding a banner because, you know, there's there's rules for banners for these uh, units, but there's no actual model holding a banner or holding a horn. Yeah. Um, So. I don't know, I I will definitely be showing off some of these in, in future videos. I don't think i quite know enough to want to make a video like <laughs> pretending that i know how to convert models but there's oh, a couple on, that man. i'm quite proud of here yeah look if you you were having fun you like doing it i made i've made several videos about converting like i did the whole blight king to 40k like terminator right i don't know anything about converting like other than essentially what we've been talking about like I cut crap up put things in where they look good mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like and if anything, and I, I even mentioned it in that video, like people like Trent from Miscast and Jeremy from Black Magic, who have been really on this train of Nurgle, you know, of the like, I want it to look ridiculous. I want it to look like however I want it to look. It doesn't actually matter. Like realistically in our space and, and in this side of our hobby where, you know, we're watching videos and interacting they've opened that up for a lot of people. Like I probably wouldn't have done that otherwise. And I went for it and like 
I'm really happy with the way those turned out. Like I even commissioned somebody commissioned me to do a bunch of other ones of those. So, you know, it's like, it, it didn't even matter. Like I, yeah, I got a lot of comments and like, well, you should have done this. You should have used this tool. You should have prepped the model. Like what doesn't matter. <laughs> it looks awesome. I actually am uh, looking to solicit some of those comments though. Cause I would like to get better at this, but maybe, well, yeah. Maybe I'll make a video when I when I get my third set of ten warriors here. You know, like when sure, I go, when go I can make three figures look different. Like maybe that's the <laughs> that's the bar yeah. I gotta clear. Oh, oh, on this topic, there's gonna be a war not warband, what a underworlds team, Warhammer yes. underworlds, Chaos Slaves yes. to Darkness team, and so that's a set of four models. There's a Chaos Sorcerer. There's uh. Chaos Warrior with two weapons, kind of in a slambo pose. And then there are two more you know, hand weapon and shield Chaos Warriors. So instead of 10 starting poses, there are now 12 starting poses. Right. And that's a big deal. <laughs> and you know what? I mean, that it slambo, gives you like four extra that slambo models. guy, I can give him a shield. I'm, I'm sure there's a way. It won't be an identical yeah. shield, but I can, I can get a shield for him. <laughs> Just have them holding it straight up. Yeah, that'd be yeah. great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's cool. I I like the... You know, we, we've talked about this before, how games like Underworld and Warcry and having these, like, warbands in a box for basically under 40 bucks mm -hmm. have, like, done so much for this hobby. You know? Yeah. And, and that kind of thing where they can almost do, like, one-offs. You know, because it's supporting several games like gives us more opportunities to do fun things like that. And I, I really like that they can focus in on one faction. Like they say, we're just going to do a couple more slaves to darkness models. Cause they're cool. Yep. That's so good. It's such a, such a time to be alive. Gwydia oh, used man. to get I'm, that. <laughs> I'm going to walk into that hobby store, buy like three packs of the new yeah. slaves to darkness. Uh, <laughs> They'd be like, uh, "What are you our, doing there, buddy?" Underworlds just gonna throw three packs of cards in the trash, and then <laughs> yeah, you could still eBay those. You get five bucks for those cards all day. All right, don't be throwing uh, away fifteen dollars. That's that's most of a new box. Come on, that'll be your Christmas present for me next year. Is <laughs> yeah. Three packs of uh, Underworlds cards. <laughs> I like it. Okay, uh, I've actually had the uh, the corn Underworlds warband in this drawer for a while now like i got i had a pretty good deal on them and they got it's like all the cards in the sleeves they're all brand new and it came in a fancy like foam fitted case and everything like one of those battle foam cases and like i just haven't done anything with it <laughs> like i don't know what to do with it yet i still haven't played the game either I played a couple of times when the game was brand new. I I think I kind of liked it. I was actually listening to Trapped Under Plastic, and mm -hmm. you know Scott and John were talking about it, and it was kind of remember like yeah, it was kind of a fun game. I might, you know what? I might only throw out two of those packs of cards and and keep one of go. them for there you go, just in case you know. I mean, if anything, like the the collector in you should should keep one set of something. Yeah, like, it's so hard to throw away. Like, I don't throw product. anything out. There's I no way I would throw a deck of cards <laughs> in the trash. Like, don't stop typing. Like it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fine. We don't actually. I would. I would yeah, never I tell somebody out. to do that. Like, <laughs> give them to a friend. Like, 
I don't know, find a little kid who likes the pictures. It doesn't matter. Like you only need one set of cards, but you don't throw away. Like I have the the Warcry cards come with different languages. I still have like every iteration of each Warbrand band in whatever languages they printed. I don't read any of those languages, but I'm not throwing oh, yeah, those cards away. I can't away. throw those out either. They've, they've got right, a few no. pictures of models and stuff on there. Yeah, yeah they're like oh, the, they're the, the same as the English. In case one. you want to play Warcry in Polish, you know, like you exactly. You just never in case know, at some point right? that would be easier for you. Where maybe the, you, the good excuse you make to a bring new up friend is, and is, you're, uh, you're yeah. the only language you have in common is the rule <laughs> yeah. set for Warcry. Yeah. So so if they need to know the the uh, the whatever country, the whatever language, like you have that extra card to give to them as a good opponent. Yeah. So that they understand like a, your rules. And sort of an enemy mind situation or uh you know yeah. uh at tanagra sort of situ- situation <laughs> tanagra yeah <laughs> just just trying to make a connection and oh, they just that's such a keep trying to talk to you in, in war cry language and then you, you pull out the right uh danish conversion chart and right you're off to the races yeah we only communicate in metaphor <laughs> Okay, I, I've changed my mind. I think we probably should throw those right in the trash. Yeah. Yeah, actually, there's really, honestly, no point in having them. Like, um, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, I listened to Lords and Heroes, uh, for a Don from um, Independent Characters and, mm-hmm. and Justin or other guests, but uh it, i think in the latest episode he was talking about like yeah i was trying to sell some guild ball stuff but it wasn't selling so i threw it in the trash or like what are you doing oh, i hope not that would that would be a, a very terrible thing to do it, it, I it really hurts hope me he to was hear joking. yeah 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 uh, don stop it stop it don't throw any if you're gonna throw anything away like legitimately i'm the guy that send it to just saying even if it's half garbage just throwing that out there. Just, just be a box in the Put it out on the street. You know, labeled Somebody guild ball. Free guild ball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Discontinued game. <laughs> although although then you're just going to get nerds hanging out outside your, your door and you don't That's really true. want that. Like <laughs> You don't, definitely don't want that. <laughs> it's going to yeah. be like, yeah, a, a roving squad of like 14 year olds and their their one friend who's 16 and has a car is just going to drive them by your house every day and you don't everybody want that. has that friend yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly all right why would so, anybody throw that away yeah but i don't know i'm just i'm just getting really into the the conversions again and mm-hmm. i've had phases like this before but i'm really enjoying this and you know chaos is one of those forces that gives you a little more permission to to do conversions and, and fun yeah you know swaps and proxies and stuff oh, and yeah. i'm not playing nurgle it's not it's not that much permission to do fun stuff but um behind me on my shelf here i i have uh warhammer quest silver tower which mm-hmm. was a box that i i bought at a local store just because they happened to have it when everyone else was sold out and it was on a discount and um I just knew that it had a bunch of cool models in that box and someday they'll come in handy and mm-hmm. there's there's some cool stuff in there for chaos like there's yeah. uh there's the war chieftain like the pretty famous model yeah. it was it was in one of the documentaries uh 
There, there's a lot of B-roll of, yeah, yeah, a lot of B-roll of that uh, war chieftain there. Yeah, uh, lots. And and something I didn't realize, like I was just looking through the silver tower box the other day, but there's an ogroid thaumaturge in there, which is in only the, relevant. In that box, really? Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's when it came out, yeah. Yeah. That's so weird. So uh, I mentioned that because I had been painting the ogroid Myrmidon a few days ago, and I batch painted my ogroid with a foameroid. But if I had realized I had a second ogroid, maybe I would have batch painted two ogroids and a foameroid, three roids, triple your roids. All right, yeah. hey, all right here, here's an idea then. Okay. Take take the other... Uh, roids? This is, yeah, whichever. This is just as bad as the blood letter thing. Um, <laughs> and convert it. Yeah. Because you need more than one for your Slaves of Darkness army, and you should 100% convert that model. Yeah, the the ogroid thaumaturge is supposed to be like, like a demon ogre. I don't even know how like a blue demon ogre. Mine's blue. Is like yeah. demon ogre thing. And the Myrmidon has a spear and a shield. And the thaumaturge has a staff. Because it the thaumaturge, I guess, means mage. Means demon mage. Yeah, okay. Demon know. mage. I don't know. Chaos um, demon mage. Okay. But yeah, he, yeah. He, he's holding a staff, and it's really easy to turn a staff into a spear. And if mm -hmm. I just find a decently big shield for this ogroid, boom, yeah. two Myrmidons, and they look different. Because, of course, of course, the new awesome-looking ogroid Myrmidon is a monopose figure, and there's yes. not a whole lot you can do about it without a lot of green stuff and a lot of skill. Yeah, although I've... Man, I want to say it was, uh, man, who was it? Like Angel Geraldes or something, who uh, did a massive conversion on one of those. Somebody like him, you know. Um, yeah, took most of the parts off, rearranged the arms, and it didn't look terrible. Okay. Because a lot of it was just like, you know, once you had the arm moved to where you wanted it or whatever, you kind of just sanded it back to where it was and filled the gaps, right? So it didn't look too bad because there's a lot of like smooth surfaces on those like large muscle groups. So as long as it was smooth, I think you'd be all right. Okay. But even even like a wrist twist on that guy, right? Because he's kind of holding the, the staff, even if it was just twisted up a little. Something a little more threatening or whatever. Like the head might be difficult. I don't know, something though. I, I bet you could do it. Yeah. The like turning, a, turning an ogroid thaumaturge into a, a Mirabadon would be quite easy though just need the shield right yeah uh so that there's a second mirror I, don't, I, don't, I mean i haven't played this game i haven't played this army ever i haven't played this game in a long time yeah who knows? i have no idea how many myrmidons <laughs> i need probably but, like eight <laughs> but it would be cool to have two unique ones since they're both monopose models i mean i i figure since you have the models it's like if you're yeah. if you're planning on building this army and you're actually going to finish your first ever army which really needs to be reiterated here first ever in 25 years <laughs> um yeah like go to town man like if if that model can fit in your army it's like it really only goes into slaves of darkness i mean you can play in war cry as well so you I can have something a, slightly I think it works really well with 
like Zinch or something. Like I think it goes with oh, yeah. one of the gods yeah, okay, pretty my, well. Yeah. Yeah, Zinchian. Uh, it's very Zinchy. Yeah. But uh, you know, Chaos also has chariots and you don't want to have the same drivers in all your chariots. You just put some weirdos as passengers in one of your chariots. Uh, I got it a also chariot. has the, the Shrine to Chaos, which is just like a palanquin being carried by two ogres. I'd put yeah. anybody riding up on there. That's true. Yeah. Which you obviously need to have one of those. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you have to. I don't think you have a choice. It's like uh, a, I have one of those. Don't worry. There you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I found a chariot on eBay a while back. Haven't haven't painted it yet, but like, I don't know the the chariots. There's a lot more going on in those than kind of meets the eye. They're they're really cool. Yeah, yeah. There's some cool stuff in that the like the driver for the chaos chariot has a big old cape, a big distinctive cape <laughs> on that guy. <laughs> right. Uh, so you don't really want necessarily two of the that exact same model. On two right. chariots, especially if they're in like the same unit, but I chariots are great. You just throw any weirdo back there. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. I've got the the corn uh, blood secutor or something. He he came with the yeah. the first AOS starter set and oh, yeah. the blood something. Yeah, with the whippy guy. There you go. Whippy guy. Yeah, blood secretor. But, yeah. but that's what you need for a chariot. Blood secretor. Yeah, that's what you Absolutely. need for a chariot. You need a whippy guy. Yeah. Trade out, whippy trade guy out for one sure. whippy guy for another, and then you got a spare whippy guy to use for something else. You know? mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's you know, all even the, uh, together. the but, what is it? The corpse cart with the guy on it. That'd be a good whippy guy for that, that cart. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You just gotta. That's a good one. Yeah. Convert bravely. That's what we're saying. Convert bravely. All right. Exactly. I'm done talking about how excited I am for this army for this week. <laughs> For this, <laughs> I right, will catch you up on that sofa story next week. Uh huh. We'll keep keep talking about my army and how excited I am about my army next week. It'll be just be like hanging out at the game store. Yeah. <laughs> what are we talking talking about Gaslands for the next three hours? If you want, well, we could. We could. Got the book. Do you? Yeah, I actually bought the book. That, as far as I've gotten. Hey, that's a start. I've got I've got ten cars. I picked up uh, <laughs> picked up ten Gaslands cars at the grocery store back when I regularly went to the grocery store. And right. uh, someday someday I'll paint up those cars as like little post apocalyptic uh, fun mobiles. Yeah, as soon as because uh, like having a, a small male child, I don't know they they tend to lean generally towards cars and Legos and stuff like that. And my son loves Hot Wheels. So I have a lot, a lot of stock for painting up some gas lands. And he'll never know. I just take them. That was going to be he my next question. Yeah. Yeah. Is Hundreds. Your child likes Mrs. Favorite Corvette. Or... <laughs> um, like he he likes the bigger uh, trucks, uh, monster trucks, and uh, weirdly like the semi trucks and the hauler trucks. Um, so I've got I've got a bunch of actually I have some really old Hot Wheels that would be almost a shame to convert into Gaslands cars because they're like redline nineteen sixties kind of thing that could be worth money. <laughs> 
Um, but like there's a couple of channels that I watch that restore Hot Wheel cars uh, in the very similar vein to what I do on my channel. Um, and like I've been interested in that for a long time. So it's kind of like, you know, I want to do some of that, but I want to make some gas lands. We'll see. All right, so we're going to transition from our usual ramble into take a quick look at the comment section here. We've got a lot of good ones, and they are piling up because we ramble for an hour and a half, and then we get to uh, get to this phase of the podcast. <laughs> but we've got we've got a good one that we'll get into, and we're we're saving more for later. So keep them coming. Anyway, th writes into us. Would love to know more about how you guys keep up your motivation to do painting, make videos, etc. This is a good one because uh, obviously we're starting the new year, 2021. And a lot of the beginning of the year is that like fresh motivation. Um, and I think a lot of people find it hard to kind of ride that wave throughout the whole year. You know, like it goes for a lot of things. People start something in January, they make it to February and they're done. Um, for miniature painting, I think, I think having certain things in place, like a hobby streak, I know it's been working really well for you, Brent, the hobby streak is still going I'm strong. Still what number are you it. on? I'm still on it. Yeah. Like day 48 or something. 68. 68. Hey, by the time people listen to this, it might even be 75 or yeah, it might be go. like two, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, I think that's, yeah, or two. <laughs> Either way, it's still going. Still right? good. Um, yeah, like, that's a really cool way to keep up your motivation. Like, if you're, you're almost being held accountable by something. Um, to the other thing that TH said about making videos, um, I'm going to, I'm going to call back to earlier in this episode when I talked about that weird feeling that I had when I didn't post a video. It's kind of like, not going to work for a week and knowing that you have a bunch of work to do when you get back. It's a weird thing, but there's a weird sense of motivation in that YouTube kind of feeds you just enough to keep you coming back. And yeah, I don't know. It's, it's become such a regular thing as far as my life goes. Like I probably wouldn't hobby as much if I didn't have something like YouTube to actually hold me accountable, you know, yeah, I'm sure we could probably draw some, some parallels there or, or learn some lessons from that. But yeah, yeah, the, the making videos motivation is actually fairly easy once you're into it because there's a yeah. lot of, a lot of feedback loops there. There's the, uh, the guilt of not making something. There's the uh -huh. concerned viewers who haven't heard from you for a while. And 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 then there's the positive reinforcement of uh, mm -hmm. wanting to see those clicks and views goes up. So there's uh, all of the the symptoms of addiction are built into why we make YouTube videos. Yeah, I think that's probably why I have a problem with it so much. Very <laughs> addictive personality. <laughs> uh, but on the whole, yes, we enjoy it and we are addicted to doing it. Yes. Uh, and... Part of part of what's fun about it is because people do watch and interact with us and mm -hmm. are excited about the hobby that we're excited about. And so yeah. uh, that may be part of why just getting into the habit of posting on any social media 
your, you know, updates about how you're doing, what you got done, the models you're excited about. Um, that's probably why that works. And so whether you're more into Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, Tumblr, uh, Blogspot, Reddit, yeah, MySpace, going, uh, uh, like AOL. Bevo, Bebo, Bebo. That's a video sharing site, right? I don't know. I, I lost it. I lost the plot. But yeah, I don't know how deep that goes. Forums, just forums. Forums. <laughs> you got your, you got your four chans. You got your eight chans. You got your, yeah, your your what a one d four chans. Oh, you got your. God. I don't even look, want to go. Like the uh, uh, <laughs> that is not motivation. <laughs> no, like, don't don't do that. Never mind. Do that. We went too far. Stop. <laughs> Stop around MySpace. Far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> MySpace is coming back. <laughs> so you guys on MySpace or? Uh, yeah. Oh, one of my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, there's there's lots of ways to find motivation, but if you are connecting with folks and getting into the habit of posting, um, for real, like the hobby streak for me actually has made me more productive for the last sixty eight days or so. And You've gotten, talking like, about it, like, I know I content. need to go post, like, uh, as soon as we get done with this call, Casey, I'm going to go post something on there. And it, <laughs> it, it really is something, like, during the course of the day, it crosses my mind a couple of times, what is it that I'm going to post today? Mm-hmm. What's my, what's the progress that I've made today? And... Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, it's almost like, uh, you know, when you have a real job and you're thinking about when the boss wanders by, what am I going to tell her? Like, what, what, what am I yeah. going to tell her that I did today? Like, what's the, uh, what's the progress report? What's the, uh, mm-hmm. like, oh no, that's not working. Oh no, I haven't done that. But check this out. Check it, check out this thing that like is an actual tangible <laughs> thing that has been accomplished. Yeah. Like, yeah, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, somehow so, the internet is is the boss. You know, and they'll come a knocking if you don't do something. Yeah, nobody's uh, really gonna call you if you overstep your hobby streak. I don't think. No, I mean, I, I haven't seen that yet. Like, if Dana Howell stopped doing her hobby streak, you don't oh, think people would be a, a little point. concerned? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so Dana Howell is on like day seven hundred of her hobby right. streak, or just it's something insane. And that actually, that one Twitter user is enough to keep me going because it's like right. 68, 68 is not a large streak that I'm worried about falling off of. It is no problem to keep this going. Uh, I yeah. have to keep this going like uh, 600 days past yeah. whenever Dana Howell gets hit by a car because like I, I <laughs> that's the only way to ever top that number. Yeah. Like, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, we wish you health and happiness, Dana. Like that. Yeah, I really hope you don't get hit by a car. That'd be cruel. Absolutely no, not. Why would no. You? no. I'm sorry. I'm just. I'm just saying. Nothing stops her. Like it. Right. Maybe that wouldn't stop but, her. Maybe the car would be broken and she'd be just fine. Hobby Street Seven Eighty Nine. Yeah, her. Just in, in the hospital, her eyes just Fontaine. flicker open. Like pulls out her phone. <laughs> yeah. Like came up with a new paint scheme, like teal and orange. Are you gonna make? A, I like I that. Know. 
feeling orange that's good but 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 yeah it it, it really is this like <laughs> all right gotta gotta get something tangible to say that i did today um yeah and there there are plenty of small actions that you can take in a day that move things ahead like if, mm-hmm. if you're thinking about it and it's actually a reasonably nice day go get something primed uh yeah uh, remember to to pick up i don't know some some hobbies remember to pick up parchment paper when you go to the grocery store like uh, mm-hmm. there if if it becomes something that you're actively thinking about not just like thinking about like i'm gonna you know scroll instagram i'm gonna check out youtube uh what should i buy next but thinking about what actual accomplishment am i gonna tell people that i did today and they do not have to be huge, like a picture of a roll of Reynolds parchment paper and say, yeah. like, excited to make my own very first wet palette or, or whatever. Like, hey, that's mm-hmm. that's solid. Like you're, you know, your your boss wanders by your cubicle at work and you're like, look, I haven't <laughs> haven't gotten those reports done yet, but we're we're about to make a innovative new system for keeping paint moist. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you didn't say, you know not saying i got nothing done that's not nothing right not nothing anything hobby adjacent that keeps you going <laughs> yeah <laughs> speaking of the wet palettes though i i went out so i i got my wife uh the the ferrero rocher chocolate balls you know what i'm saying then the gold packaging and stuff i i purposely went out of my way to find the somewhat large square box of them that apparently is like the best to turn into a wet palette when those chocolates are gone. I've been on good authority that those make the best wet palettes. <laughs> Just saying. Hobby streak. Also Christmas shopping. So like on the 25th, were you hounding your wife to hurry up and finish those chocolates? Or? <laughs> she hasn't even opened them yet. <laughs> I'm getting so anxious. <laughs> get on that like i'm thinking about dumping it out and be like um i need this box (laughs) i gotta make a video (laughs) yeah just in the refrigerator there's a bunch of little baggies with chocolate balls in them exactly (laughs) yeah i i don't know if that i like i've heard good things about that particular box but i'm excited to to see what's what becomes of that yeah that's interesting yeah yeah it'll be fun but okay so there's the outside motivation if you want to be using other people and social media to to keep you accountable um in better times you could use uh game events and stuff to to do the same thing is is a little bit of outside motivation to to get that squad or army or team or whatever done or or competition piece or or what is Mm -hmm. um i think the I think the missing bit is is how do you find that motivation in yourself without relying on outside stressors to do that for you? I mean that that's really tough though because like that's kind of what motivates a lot of people in this hobby is the outside stressors. Like I mean it used to be yeah, like I got a game on Saturday and I got to paint this unit for that game. Uh escalation leagues Right. So I don't even know, like thinking back to when we both started on YouTube, like what was our motivation back then? 
I don't even know me? why. I mean, I guess I, I sort of rhetorical, but like we both just started and we just kept going. Yeah. I mean, for me, like sharing is part of the hobby, whether that's, yeah. you know, going to a game at the store and pulling out your army and plopping it down on the table to, to, mm. to show people how cool your artworks are or, uh, or whether it is posting on Facebook or Instagram or whatever. And for me, it was kind of a uh, one step past that of, of wanting to share my work, but I chose to share it on YouTube is, is what mm -hmm. I was doing. But, um, yeah. So the, uh, kind of, kind of keeping going so that you can share your work with, with people is one thing, but I think a lot of it is just habit and through yeah. habit, I think comes enjoyment and, I actually am a person who really does enjoy the time I spend painting mm -hmm. once I sit down at the table and put paint on the brush. Right. Once you start. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, if I'm you know, just messing around the computer or watching Netflix or whatever, like it's very easy to not actually start. The, I, I, again, the, yeah. the hardest step is the first one. The hardest step is sitting down at your paint station and putting paint on the brush. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it's it's definitely good practice to just sit down, put paint on your brush and see where it takes you. Mm. Like even if you. I, don't, I mean, you're probably going to do something right. If you like if I sit down on my hobby desk, I'll do something. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't for me, it doesn't take too long before I actually get sucked into whatever I'm doing and mm -hmm. uh, kind of that first step of it does take a little bit of of coercion to get me to sit down at the hobby desk for the first time especially if i haven't been there for like a week uh you know actively yeah. sitting at my painting desk but once i'm into a project it it grows on you and it pulls you more and more in mm -hmm. and it becomes much easier like i've been working on the these chaos warriors for a couple of days straight now and i'm excited to get back to it tomorrow like I, yeah. I'm excited for the next step. It's, it is not yeah. a struggle right now for me on this project at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's always a, nice. Yeah. Just a little bit of discipline leads you to, to that slide of, uh, mm -hmm. of pure motivation and enjoyment that'll, that'll take you the rest of the way. Yeah. I, I think if you have a goal in mind too, like if you want to finish an army, I mean, especially like for you right now, like, yeah, you want to finish that army. Oh yeah. You need to finish that army. Gotta. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, even when I was taking a break last week, I was still like, well, I'm taking a break from like my job, but it's also my hobby. So I still painted like 40 blood letters, <laughs> you know, just batched them out. <laughs> like no big deal. <laughs> So I still painted. I also played Gran Turismo a lot, but mm -hmm. you know, I, I got, got to take a break between some of those heats, you know, it's, it's a lot of work. I understand. Yeah. All right. That's, that's what we get. Yeah, I think so. And on that note, thank you again for joining us on another episode of paint bravely. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help us out by leaving us a review on iTunes subscribing to the YouTube channel, and sharing this message with your hobby friends. And as always, we appreciate 
each and every one of you for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Happy New Year, everyone. Let's make it a great one.